Hey, what's up and welcome to the Beyond Sundays podcast. I'm the host, Brett Stewart, and today my co-host is Sarah Michelle Turner. Hello. You remembered my middle name. (laughs) I've had to. You forget that there was once an era where two Sarah Turners existed for a very, very long time, (laughs) and both of them being related, you know, to the to the Turner family and specifically Jeffrey. And so I learned very early on Sarah Michelle and Sarah Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Yep. Sarah um, M, Sarah E. That's right. <laughs> so uh, anyways, Sarah is with me today co-hosting um, and and jumping into this gifted series. And um, I, I've just been real encouraged by what we've gone through so far sermon-wise and even the podcast that we've done because... I, we we over and we'll talk about this in in the upcoming episodes but like we overcomplicate mm-hmm. spiritual gifts and we overcomplicate what god wants to do but as we dive in and as we press in we we find out just how essential they are to right. to daily living and to relationships and encounters mm-hmm. yeah. and yeah. so how, i mean is that do you feel like that's Absolutely. true for you as yeah. you've grown have you seen yeah. <laughs> it is so much more simple than we think it is. Yeah. It is, if you're going to boil it all down, let's love. Yeah. Let's ask Jesus how we're going to love the people in front of us. Yeah. And how we can show the people that are around us who he is Yeah, through what he's given us. It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. And learning to be able to do that out of his strength and That's not right. our own. That's right. Yeah. And so, anyways, I'm really excited for uh, this conversation. It is a two-part episode with Sherry Saltzgaber. Uh, So thank y'all so much for listening, and we're just going to jump on into today's episode. Okay, well, today we've got Sherry Saltzgaber with us back again. It's been a little while. It has been a while, but it's good to be back. It's been since episode five. Woohoo! We are on, I believe this is episode, I don't want to say anything wrong because I mean, this is the internet. It has to be true. This is episode 42. It's been <laughs> so, a while. So it's been a few weeks, but uh, if you haven't listened to episode five, take control of your thoughts. Uh, it was with Sherry way back when we released it on September 14th, 2021. Wow. Um, it was really, really good. So it was during the, our mental health series. Yes. Uh, so we definitely encourage you to go back and listen to that and any of the podcasts with the mental health series and go on our YouTube page. And if you haven't already, watch the watch through the sermons and the playlist, Flip the Script, uh, Winning the War for Mental Health. So that was a really great series. But we're in the middle of a series right now talking about spiritual gifts and you know, the last two episodes we had Rodney Hogue and Lonnie Hogue on, uh, and it was just a fabulous conversation. But I wanted to bring Sherry on with us today uh, just to talk more and dive more into spiritual gifts and their role, their purpose, who they're for, how to develop them, things that we need to be mindful of, that we need to be eager of, maybe even things that we need to be hesitant or watchful for. Um, and so, Sherry, we're just going to kick it to you, and we'll just let this thing roll, and Sarah and I are just going to ask questions and kind of just go where the Lord takes it. All right. Well, um, thanks, Brett. I appreciate that, and I appreciate the opportunity to come and get to share a few things, a few thoughts on 
spiritual gifts and um, just even in the ask, I started to think about what I would say about spiritual gifts if I had the opportunity. And yeah. so one of the very first things that comes to mind is um, just the idea of seeking God before a calling. And I find in the body of Christ um, in these later, you know, in these recent years and days that people are really concerned about finding their calling, finding their mission, finding their their giftings and all of that, which is not a bad thing. That's a great thing, but almost to the extent where I think we forget Matthew 6, where it says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added. And so I, I really, although I'm all for people finding their calling, I really believe that sometimes that can get out of whack. It can yeah. get out of balance, and we can start to just chase after the gifts and forget the giver and yeah. um, forget about the fact that it's really – we're called to be God chasers, not gift chasers. And mm. so for me, spiritual gifts boil down to the Great Commission. Matthew 28, 18 through 20 says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. See, when Jesus sent out the 12 disciples, he sent them out saying, As you go, proclaim these things. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Mm -hmm. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leper, cast out demons. You received without payment, give without pay. And Jesus didn't just talk about the kingdom of God. He demonstrated yeah. it. And yeah. so I, when I think of the spiritual gifts, I think about how can we demonstrate a living God through our humanness, through our yeah. flesh, through our weakness, weakness lacking parts and that's only through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. And I want to say something right there and I don't know if I'm jumping the gun because I know we kind of talked through things right before we hit record. Um, but it is necessary for the church to be what it is supposed to be that we demonstrate the kingdom of God. We demonstrate spiritual gifts because mm -hmm. Often what we've made church out to be, and I'm just saying this as the church, you know, our culture, what our culture has made the church out to be is a service where we talk about the kingdom, we teach on the kingdom, we talk about spiritual gifts, but a large piece of being the body of Christ, being his hands and feet, being every bit of what he called and created us to be is not just the talk about, it's the demonstration right. of. That's right. And sometimes we've just stopped yeah. at hearing the talk or hearing the teaching and like, oh, I have knowledge. I now know what that means. Yeah. And I think early in the church, and I'm talking, you know, maybe 20, 30 years ago, um, gifts, it wasn't that we were necessarily taught that the gifts didn't exist or whatever, but it was a select few. You had your few that that prayed for people. You had your few that, you know, when they prayed, things happened. You had your few that everybody in the body of Christ looked to, like your, you know, like your Billy Grahams, the yeah. evangelist and and things like that. And there were these there were these super Christians that, you know, were uh, few and far between. Yeah. 
And I can't tell you how liberating it was when uh, we really actually started studying the Word and getting in the Word of God and realizing that, no, this is for all, all of, of us. us. Yeah. This is for all of us. This is what Jesus told us to go do. Yeah. And I one of the reasons why I wanted to, to bring you on for these two episodes, Sherry, is you've been here at Beltway for... A long time. Almost 35 years. 35 years. That's mm-hmm. older than I am. Um, not by much, but it is. It's it's is, older than Sarah. I am 35. Yeah, it is Sarah's age. And welcome, Sarah. Thank you. Um, but yeah, I wanted to get the, the perspective and the insight of, of a person and of a leader that has been in this journey of not only discovering spiritual gifts for themselves, but being part of a body that discovered and demonstrated these yeah. gifts and how that has looked and how that plays into all of this. I guess the best way to answer that is just to tell you my personal journey yeah. in that, um, because I can't really speak to motive or um, someone else's journey. So yeah. I early on in the earlier years of my, exper- my experience uh, here at Beltway, um, in those early, early years, 30-some years ago, um, great place to be. Um, you know, people operated in love. They operated in truth. Uh, but there wasn't much, much. I won't say there wasn't any, right. but there wasn't much demonstration or even um, chatter or <laughs> talk about operating in spiritual gifting. It was that all of that was left to either the pastor or certain leaders or whatever. And um, so for my own life, for my own journey, I I tried to be a really good once I figured it out, once I figured I'm gonna give my life over to Jesus, I tried to live a life that I thought was pleasing to the Lord. Mm -hmm. Um, What I've come now to understand is a lot of that was based off my own flesh, you know, self-discipline, follow the rules, black and white, you know, hold on with everything that I'm worth, um, trying to get the right answer and do the right thing um, in my own strength. And to be honest, that was exhausting. It was, um, and it and it actually was a life killer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried to make. I tried to be a parent that way. Uh, you know, this is black and white. This is what's right. This is what's wrong. And there just wasn't a whole lot of grace and love and supernatural going on in that. Yeah. It was read the word, do what it says. And hope for the best. Yeah, and it's like doing it all out of your own strength. And exactly. And when you find that your strength exactly. fails you, then yeah, you're right. exhausted. And what I'm not saying is that that's what the church told me I had to do. Yeah. It's how I interpreted and walked that out. Yeah. But when I began to get to the end of myself and realize uh, I, I don't have the answer to these things, and I don't have... The ability to, um, you know, when you face a crisis or you have a, a need or whatever, and you know it's way beyond yourself. Like there's no other way except unless God shows up and does something, and then couple that with um, 
just a desire to walk in the things of God and, and to really respond to the Word of God and realizing, wait a minute, I'm coming into who I am in Christ. And God said His disciples, His people, mm-hmm. were going to imitate, be representers of who He is here on this earth. And what are the things that He did? What did it look like when when He met somebody that didn't that had a need that they couldn't fill themselves? What did He do? And when I started looking through the Word of God with that lens, it changed everything. Yeah. Yeah, it's one thing, and I've mentioned it on the podcast uh, before, it's been probably several weeks, but one thing that my wife and I have been real big on, like, the last, you know, probably this last semester was just the humanity of Jesus. Like, you know, you, you talked about, like, kind of the the heroes, the Billy Grahams, the, these people that we've elevated um, because of their gifts and the, their abilities. And sometimes we do that with Jesus. I'm like, oh, yeah, I mean, he's Jesus. I mean, he's God. But realizing that what Jesus did, how he walked and how he fulfilled things, how he loved, how he served, the the supernatural that he did, his, his relationship with the Lord all came from a place of his humanity because... He laid down his divinity, and everything he accomplished was through obedience. Like that's why in Philippians, it, it, in that passage, it talks about being given the name above every name that every tongue would you know confess, every knee would bow right. that Jesus is the mm-hmm. Lord, and it, it, it came from that perfect obedience. But right. it was one of those things of it's not supposed to create this like oh we'll never attain this, right. but actually show, no, this is what's possible. One of the most mind-boggling scriptures in all of scripture to me is Jesus saying to us when he left that we would do greater things than even he did. And I can't wrap my mind around that. Like There are still things in the basic um, call that God says. He, He says in Mark 16, 18, and again, Jesus says, go into all the world and these signs will accompany those who believe. He says, no, not that they might. Yeah. These signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. And they will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. Now, when I read that and, and realized, okay, wait a minute, you're telling us that it's better for us if you go and you're going to give us a helper, and with that helper, we're going to do greater things than you did. Mm-hmm. And all throughout Scripture, you can see the demonstration, the the evidence of what Jesus did in demonstrating being empowered by the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. You see it all through Scripture. And when he says, no, the signs that followed me, that accompanied me as I went on my way, they're going to accompany you. Yeah. That's mind-boggling to me. Yeah, That's right. but it it makes me hungry to pursue him in a way that my life is surrendered enough that that can happen through me. Yeah, that I am I am in this in stepness with. For, I'm making up words on a podcast. Um, <laughs> you can do anything uh, on a podcast, right? <laughs> um, but it's it's that in stepness with the Holy Spirit that these things follow us. They accompany us. Like, they go with us. Like, we're not just a church in a building. We go, and we're the church. I'm 
I'm the church, whether yeah. I'm at 4009 Beltway South in this building or whether I'm in Market Street or yeah, that's right. on a school campus mm-hmm. or in an office building or whatever, that I am the church there too. Yeah. And when we really get that and we understand that I, there's, I'm never without his presence. That's I can good. choose to be. Mm-hmm. It's not his desire that I be without his presence. Yeah. And it's not that I'm without his presence. I just am not acknowledging his presence. Yeah. And it, it's, it just it changes how you function and how you operate. Yeah. That's good. S- some of the things, some of the scriptures that you, you quoted, like I can even... There's a large part of me that is a a skeptic and a critic, uh, and some of that is because I went to seminary and it trained me to be that way, and so I have to like untrain myself from what seminary did. Not that all seminary is bad. Uh, It's not. I loved my education. I loved what I learned, but it also just created some hurdles. But like... I've, I've heard some of those verses explained and like even explained in ways to where it kind of releases us from like, oh, well, it didn't really, it didn't really mean that. Because even now, as I hear it, there's a piece of me that longs for that. And it's like, man, I want to do that. Yeah. But then there's a large piece of me that kind of just easily dismisses it of like, well, I don't really think. Well, especially when you, when you are seeking that and you do pray for someone who's sick or you know, whatever, and the result isn't what you had right. hoped for. And so there are a lot of factors that factor in that begin to shade us and cloud us in really being able to grab wholeheartedly and believe that, no, really, God said it. Yeah. And He's faithful to what He says. And I may not have experienced it yet, but I'm going to press on, and I'm going to keep pressing on until that truth becomes manifested or or evidential yeah. in my life like yeah. or in the lives of those around me maybe it's not coming through me but but I can see his hand at work in, around me mm-hmm. you know um one of the things in that Matthew uh 16:18 scripture about the go into all the world and these signs shall accompany you we often stop right there but if we read on to verse 19 and 20, it says, So then the Lord Jesus, after he had spoken to them, after he had just told them, these are the things that are going to follow you, that are accompanying you. It says, After he had spoken to them, was taken up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere. So after Jesus commissioned them, told them, this is what you're going to look like. This is what my kids are going to look like. It says, They went out and started to preach, and while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the message, whatever the message they were speaking, he confirmed it by accompanying signs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. See, if I'm, for a long time in my early walk with the Lord, I would say a lot of things that I probably didn't believe, because that's what you, I read the word. I was regurgitating it, but I probably in my heart of hearts didn't believe that I could actually operate this way. Yeah. Number one, because I didn't know who I was in Christ yet. Yeah. I may I, I was piece. on a journey. That is a huge yeah. piece. <laughs> I was on a journey, but I didn't quite yet believe the things that God said about who I was. Yeah. Right? And so in this journey of even seeking out our spiritual gifts, part I, I don't think you can do that separate and apart from knowing what God says about who we are as his kids. Yeah. What what's the baseline? 
What's, what are the baselines? And for me, Matthew 16, 18 is one of the baselines. He says, if you're a believer in me, these things, this is who you are. Yeah. This isn't just what you're going to do. This is part of your DNA of who you are. Yeah. Because it's who he is. Yeah. It's who he was, empowered by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And that's, I mean, it ties back to everything that what you said at the very beginning of seeking the Lord and loving the Lord before seeking and loving, Absolutely. like, calling. The, or the yeah. gifts. Or the gifts, mm-hmm. yeah. Seeking the, the gift giver, understanding who he is, understanding who you are, and developing a love, yeah. like a love and a joy for that. And I, you know, full transparency, like, my life has been plagued with the, the, the ebb and flow and up and down of, of this, you know, balance or this attempt at balancing this drive for purpose and what the Lord has for me versus who I am and trusting and believing what He says about me. Right. And I know a lot of people find themselves in that. And so, I don't know, real quick, like, for someone listening to this, maybe they've been in church for a really long time. Maybe they've been only recently, but they know they know the truth in Jesus. They've heard of spiritual gifts. Maybe they're excited about spiritual gifts. But what practically, what would it look like or what would you instruct them to do to further develop just that love and that trust for, for Father God and before seeking like figuring out what you're supposed to do with these gifts or where you're supposed to be like vocationally, professionally, mm-hmm. et cetera? Well, the obvious answer, which is also the most um, beneficial answer, is getting to know who he is through his very word. Yeah. Like you, we, tend to, we tend to pick up our lens for who God is, what he's like, even, including Jesus, including Holy Spirit, you know, based off our experiences or what we hear other people say or how we've seen it played out in somebody else's life. And, and I would encourage you to get in the Word and, and engage the Word with Him for yourself mm-hmm. and, and put aside any pre- preconceived um, understanding or notions about who Holy Spirit is or who He, is, who he isn't. Yeah. Um, what he's willing to do or what he's not willing to do. Or even like misunderstandings you've received from the church. Yes, yes. Or Mm -hmm. from a family member that's, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe through some wounding or hurt or um, uh, an experience that they had that they now have a clouded lens of, well, God doesn't answer those kind of prayers or God doesn't do that kind of work anymore because it didn't happen for me in this situation. And we pick up that stuff. Yeah. Without even really realizing that we're picking up some accusations and some um, falsehoods in our relationship with the Lord, and so uh, number one, I know it sounds, you know, like a a cop out, but it really is. We've got to be in the Word of God. Yeah. We just have to be in the Word of God. And we try to um, we try to make excuses for why we can't be or. Oh, I don't understand it, or I don't have the time, or I'll get to it. And it's, I don't know, it's funny, the 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 older I get, the more I learn, the more I realize that the most powerful, transformative things about the gospel, about relationship with Jesus, are the simple things that we've 
heard and that we know, but we dismiss or we right. think are like right. basic or elementary. And it's like, no, I want to get onto the advanced stuff. And it's like, no, that is the advanced right. stuff. <laughs> like you get that at the heart of you. You get that at the heart of your rhythms and your daily routines and your beliefs and your thought cycle and all this. Mm-hmm. And like kingdom of God is going right. to be displayed in right. you, around you. Yeah. Yeah. And so we... Well, we, and also I think we we tend to... Like a, given a choice, most people, and there was a time I'm I was I would be in this camp. Given a choice, most people will read a book about spiritual gifts <laughs> over getting in the Word and reading what God Himself says about the spiritual gifts. If you're yeah. guilty of that, raise your right? hand. We we can't see you raising right. your hand, but but anyways. I, that's true. Like we we tend to want to read things about God, but the reality is. There is there is something supernatural about the actual scripture, the yeah. book of God. It is it's not just <laughs> words on a page. Yeah. It is living and active. And so when I engage the word of God, I'm not just engaging words on a page or getting information or knowledge. Right. I'm engaging wisdom. I'm engaging the the one who initiates and and calls forth the gifts. I'm engaging a living God. And right. so what better ploy of the enemy than to go, hey, just go learn all about these things from, yeah. you know, Johnny, Susie, Billy, whoever, and stay away from what God actually has to say about it. Yeah. You know, and not that those are bad things that I, you know, but they can't be the foundational. Mm-hmm. I can't, everything I know about spiritual gifts, I can't just glean from man's understanding and writing in book right. after book after book right. or podcast right. or you know speaker teacher whatever I, if i'm not checking all that stuff with the very word of god i'm i'm setting myself up for right. some error and yeah. essential to that reading god's word if you are intimidated in any way shape or form about what you're reading prayer yes. begin with Yes. prayer and yep. ask Holy Spirit to reveal to you the right. truth of what you're reading right. so that it can read you, yes. so that his words can wash over you mm-hmm. and restore, yeah. redeem, and That's renew right. your mind. Yeah. yeah. It, you, it is the written word and the rhema word, yeah. <laughs> the, mm-hmm. the uh, now word of God that yeah. brings conviction and uh, you know convicts us unto righteousness. So if I'm um, engaging in material or whatever that that is an error or that could lead me astray or whatever, if I'm not engaging with the word, right, mm-hmm. then it's left up to my flesh to discern those things, and that can lead me into some really hairy places. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. so let's let's go at it from this. Maybe people have taken the spiritual gifts test that is on our website right now, beltway.org. Um, maybe it's the first time they've done it. Maybe they've done it a bunch of times. They they see what the test says. Where do they go from there? I mean, okay. we just talked about <laughs> going to the Word. I mean, that's super <laughs> right. important. And it's funny because right. even and with our conversation with Rodney, you know, when I was asking like, "Hey, what are some of the most helpful resources?" and he was just like. Well, really, it's scripture. The Bible. <laughs> yeah. the Bible. It's like, well, yes. Yes, yeah. but yes. yes. Could you help me out a little more? <laughs> yeah, right. Well, before I really touch on that, yep. I, I do want to say this. 
I love the spiritual gift tests and inventories and all of those things. <laughs> However, um, your best guide in discerning and figuring out how you're wired and what your bents are and what your leanings, you know, that that lead to those opportunities that that God has for you is Holy Spirit. Yeah, the get that those tests are a good. Um, supplement to that. They're a good, you know, hey, it's a shot, you know, it's it's yeah. a step. Um, but it you can't put too much weight on yeah. those. Um or they might just be indicators of, hey, here's some things to look right, for. To, Let Holy you know, search it out and see if Holy Spirit confirms these or yes, reveals these. Right. Absolutely. Kind but of I like think a sometimes test. we take these tests and we think This is definitely thus saith the Lord and right. Maybe, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it depends on how truthful I was when I answered the questions. Did yeah. I answer them as to who I really am or how I really would respond or react or how I would like to? Or, yeah, I'd like to how or I'd hope I'd to, like be, to be or... more faith-filled mm-hmm. or I'd like to be more giving. And I answer it out of that desire to be those things. So I'm just saying they're, they're a good place to start, but they're yeah. not. I'm not hanging my hat on it. For sure. Even um, at that, I'll, I'll let you get to it. But this is kind of a funny thought. But I'm being total, like totally serious on this. Have a friend or have a spouse sit next to you as you take yes. the test, and before you click next, let them be like, <laughs> yeah. "Yeah, I see that." Or, ah, <laughs> right. really? Sometimes I just find it hard to answer the question in general. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're yeah. hard to answer. They and, are. And if you can't answer the question, then you're like middle of the road. Everything. Right. right? A yeah. three. <laughs> One, yeah. Well, one to five. It's a three. The other thing that I would say about um, an inventory like that mm-hmm. is that knowing your giftings and all of that, your your preference is not an excuse from serving God outside your primary gifting. So maybe you take those tests and and it actually confirms some things in you. Like you know maybe maybe I have a desire to, and in taking the tests and stuff, I find out that, you know what, I, I really do have a bent for, man, every sick person I see, I, I just have a pull toward those people and want to pray for them and, and all of that. And when I do pray for them, things happen. Like, okay, so maybe maybe there is a gift of healing there, but that doesn't excuse me from operating in other opportunities that God puts in front of me. Like, I don't get to say to somebody, you know, maybe I'm on a prayer team or something and someone comes up and it's, they're not asking for physical healing. They're asking for, you know, uh, inner healing or, Hey, I need financial resources or whatever. I I don't get to go, Hey, not my, not my gift. I'm not praying for that. You know, it's so, it's important for us to understand that although it's helpful to know what our primary areas are, yeah. where the most um, anoint potential for anointing is, and all of that, um, we still don't get a buy when it comes yeah. to some of the very basic things that God tells us. Are all believers are to right. pray for the sick, uh, evangelize, speak the gospel. Those types of things. Yeah. We're all to have a measure of faith. Yeah, right. and, you don't get mm-hmm. to just throw your hands up and say, "Hey, I don't have the gift of faith, so I don't have to believe." Yeah, you believe for me. It doesn't work that way. Yeah, and so I think it's really important when you think about those inventories and you think about some of those things. It's also good to have in mind that you don't get to get pigeonholed into something right. and say, you know, 
Peace, yeah. I'm out. Yeah, and I would say, and we, we kind of talked about this with, with Rodney too, of like, you have those areas where it's like, yeah, I have a lot of experience or it seems like God shows up a lot in these regards, but also sometimes spiritual gifts or, you know, because we're filled with the spirit, sometimes they're just circumstantial or seasonal or momentary. And so, yeah, it's not like, Mm -hmm. well, this is really most of my experience. So I can't, I'm not going to have faith for that. No, the challenge is, no, you're filled with Holy Spirit. So we're going to seek him. And, you know, so what if you've never experience this or seeing God move in this way, he can and he will mm-hmm. will and we should desire that we're as vessels. believers. <laughs> we're yes. vessels. Yeah. Um one of the other things about that area that I would say is also the ask. Mm-hmm. It's okay for us as children to ask Father for something. I think he enjoys it when we ask. So for instance, what I'm learning and have learned and am still learning is I don't like to ask for things. I don't like to ask for things. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> Typically, right? Yes. Um, and so I tend to try to take care of myself. And in the kingdom of God, maturity, a sign of maturity is that humility, right? That, that says, That's really good. I need you, God. I need you. But if I'm so busy thinking I can take care of myself and do the things myself, then why do mm-hmm. I need a gift? Why do I yeah. need why do I need what what these gifts represent and what they offer if I think I can take care of myself? Yeah. Or I think I can be strong enough or capable enough to meet a need for somebody else. Why would I need a supernatural gift of giving or whatever? And so for me, I'm learning in this journey it's okay to ask for something I don't have. And so even in line of what I do here at Beltway, I've learned over the years that although my primary giftings are, um, you know, uh, wisdom, discerning spirit, and um, uh, can you even think of that? Prophecy. Um, although those are my primaries, I can't do what I do if I don't ask God for Yeah understanding and knowledge and words of knowledge and, you know, faith, increased faith and healing and all these other things. And it's okay for me to ask. It's yeah. okay. If if some somebody needs permission to ask. It's good. Yeah. And, and it's okay. It's not being selfish to ask. It's selfish to ask if I want that gift to make something yeah, of myself. Yeah, to display yourself. But it's not selfish if I if I want that gift because I see hurting people around me yeah. that need an encounter with God. Yeah. And I'm the one standing there in front of them. Like yeah. God give give me whatever I need to give to this person standing in front of me that points them back to you and they yeah. get to have an encounter with a loving God who wants to meet needs. Yeah. That's and good. not only is it okay to ask, I mean, it's asking is not a sign of weakness or I would say inadequacy, but it, it is of like, I can't do this and I need you to show up, right. but but desiring God to show up and knowing we can't do it out of right. our own strength. Right. Um, and so it's there's there shouldn't be any shame in asking, mm-hmm. you yeah. know? There should be no shame in a child approaching a parent, a father, 
right. asking for for something. Yeah, that, I never that they don't shame have. my kids when they come and ask me a question or want something. Right. I'm like, I want to give them everything, and right. that is the heart of a good parent. Yeah. yeah. If our hearts are set and dedicated to serve God and to love Him and to um, please Him, He will pour out what's needed in the That's moment. Yeah. Like he, he is a good father. He, he says it over and over in Scripture. What, what kind of father, when a child asks for a fish, gives them yeah. a serpent, you know, or however that is. I'm totally going to butcher that because <laughs> yeah. I don't have it open. But It's a serpent or a but, stone. Right? Yeah. There you go. God's not that way. And I think sometimes we were fearful in the ask because yeah. of experiences or whatever with others that have either shamed us, mm-hmm. making us feel like we're weak if we ask, or making us feel uh, guilty for asking. And God's going, uh, I know you can't do this on your own, so ask away. Right. That's why I told you I was going to give you a helper. And that should be an indication of we need to get back to knowing who the mm-hmm. Father is first right, and who right. we are in Him and not letting you know, our experiences with church or leaders or things that we've seen create the narrative of who God is and what to expect. Right. And so when we find ourselves in those places, you know, it should be a little flag that pops up and it's like, huh, I don't know God as well as I thought I knew him in this area, or I don't trust him the way I say that I trust him and work on it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. So... We talked about identifying, you know, letting the spiritual gifts kind of be an indicator, um, but not it being a, you know, a hard, this is what you have, um, and the willingness to, to ask for gifts. How, how does one find opportunities to develop their gifts? Um, maybe they are like, okay, I've... I've experienced this. I feel like Holy Spirit's in it. I feel like He's speaking it. I want to hear from both of y'all's perspectives of, in your own life, where have been the opportunities that you have found to have safe places to to use, grow, try, develop yeah. mm-hmm. your spiritual gifts? Yep. Mm-hmm. So uh, one of the ways that, and I think it's one of the, under-vitalized or utilized ways um, is actually in your own sphere of people. People, mm-hmm. you know, your family, your your friends, your life groups, your your things like that. And I think sometimes we undervalue the opportunity that that creates for us to use our gifts. Mm-hmm. Um, not quite sure why that is, but. It's maybe it seems too vulnerable or too risky or whatever, but um, to me that's a that's a natural place for us to use the gifts. But I remember um, back when it was you know you you kind of developed some of this stuff kind of in the secret place because it wasn't <laughs> you didn't know who you could talk to about yeah. spiritual gifts and who you couldn't, and right. so. I remember in the early days when I was starting to be even taught or awakened to the the idea of prophecy and words of knowledge and encouraging other people and you know God speaking to us in that way about someone um, 
that could open the door for a, a conversation or an engagement in leading them in an encounter with God, right? And so I was starting to learn some of those things. And so just a real practical way is I used to go to the mall with a notebook and just sit and watch people and ask Holy Spirit, who are you highlighting? Mm-hmm. And what would if if I was brave enough or if I had the opportunity to say this to them, what would you say to them? And I would just jot it down in my notebook. And just to see and to look back at later and go, did that sound like the heart of God? Mm-hmm. Did that was it encouraging? Was it would it have been life-giving? Would it have um, you know encouraged them in a relationship with the Lord, or encouraged them in being seen by Him and loved by Him, and and so it wasn't. I never really did, you know, in the beginning stages. Yeah. I really didn't, you actually do, didn't anything have to do anything with, with those it. people or those thoughts. I was just practicing. That's mm, a great. That's good. That's a. I've actually never thought of that. I mean, I've mm-hmm. thought of like, let's try to hear the Lord and let's say it to the person, but really just jotting it down and going back and maybe having scripture mm-hmm. next to you of like, does this sound like the heart of God? Mm-hmm. Is this what he's after? Is this right. how the kingdom looks? Mm-hmm. And letting that yeah. letting that mm-hmm. help shape and define and yeah. encourage what you're hearing. We're going to stop the conversation right there for this part one episode with Sherry Saltscaper. We encourage you to follow along with us during this sermon series on Gifted. You can go to youtube.com slash Beltway Park Church. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and then click on the playlist Gifted and follow along and catch up with us. And we will resume the rest of this conversation next week. We hope you have a great week. Be blessed. And remember, God is moving in your life beyond Sundays.